We believe that the heart of God is for all nations to feel welcome and find a home in churches where the truth is preached. Nous croyons que volonté bon Dieu c'est pour toute nation sentir au accueilli et puis joignion caille dans l'église côté vérité à prêcher. On behalf of Multicultural Ministries and your local church, we welcome you today. Thank you for being a part of All Nations Sunday. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and teach all nations. In Acts chapter 1, he revealed that when receiving his promise, individuals would be filled with power. Power to become witnesses of him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And Multicultural Ministries, we are working to fulfill this biblical mandate by reaching out to every culture that is coming to North America. Currently, we have 16 ethnic-focused ministries, three culturally-focused ministries, and four full-time missionaries who are focused on evangelizing nationalities here in North America. We also have the Global Tracks website that provides soul-winning materials translated in more than 60 languages. The heartbeat of the UPCI is God's heart to reach every nation with His gospel globally here at home. Proximity to the Great Commission has never been closer, as the world has come to North America. We honor every culture of people who are represented here today. Thank you for your prayers and for your support. I am the UPCI. I am the UPCI. I am the UPCI. United Pentecostal I am the United Pentecostal Church. I am the UPCI. Celebrate All Nations Sunday throughout all of the UPCI. Amen. 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 
So before we pray, because I believe that God want a unified church. Amen? A unified, there's no colors and no nationalities, but we're unified. We're one body in Christ. Amen?
Ashley, you may be seated. Amen. For a few minutes, amen. We want to echo the sentiments and welcome everyone this morning, amen, to our All Nation Sunday. Amen. Praise God. We have a few people over here to my right. Amen. Your left, they're going to be coming up. Amen. Uh, say Acts 2.38 in their native country language. Uh, close enough. So we're going to ask the first person to come on up. Amen. And say what's on their mind this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. My name is Madeline, and I'm from Haiti. I'm going to read uh, uh, Acts 2, verse 38 in French for you guys. <laughs> et Pierre leur dit, Répentez-vous, et que chacun de vous soit baptisé au nom de Jésus-Christ en rémission des péchés, et vous recevrez le don du Saint-Esprit. Amen. Good morning, my name is Anna, and I am from Puerto Rico, and I'll be reading um, Acts 38 in Spanish. Pedro les dice, arrepentidos y bautícese, cada uno de vosotros en el nombre de Jesucristo, para perdón de los pecados y recibirás el don del Espíritu Santo. Amen. My name is Tom, for those of you who don't know me. I grew up in Boston in a household that was Irish and Italian. Italian was spoken um, openly in my house. Uh, my mom is Panzino. I was around for hours and to paces. And my mom married an Irish guy and I'm a current. The Italian flag is green and white and red, equal parts over by the, the sanctuary entrance, green for the lush ground, white for the snowy Alps, and red for the blood that was shed for uh, the independence of Italy. Atite due Trentino, Acts 2.38. Allori Pietro, disse loro, pentiti fati, basatari agonunum, di vo nel nome de Gesù Cristo, pro la reminiscione dei peccati e reserverte i dunono della Spirito Santo. Amen. Amen, everybody. Come on, give the Lord another round of applause. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Again, we want to thank all our volunteers this morning. Amen. So today, as you can see all over the sanctuary, today is All Nations Sunday. But before I get into my announcement and what I have to say, I'm going to read it in English. My name is Brother Scarlett. Most of you should know me by now. Hopefully those of you that don't know me, I'm Brother Scarlett. We welcome you this morning. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we want to take this time. Once a year, our organization have what is known as All Nation uh, Sunday. We have this. It's an international event, uh, so to speak. We have it uh, throughout the entire region, throughout the entire world. Um, a lot of churches have it either, you know, a week or a couple weeks before the date 
The day that is set for All Nations Sunday is October 22nd this year. Um, uh, some have it a couple weeks prior to either the week off or the week after. But we celebrate it on the 22nd, which is our day to have our All Nations Sunday. Our All Nations Sunday, basically, what we basically is, as you can see, all the flags that are here representing different countries. We don't have all these countries in here yet. We have a few of these countries here. We have either had people in the past that from these countries that came to our church in the past. Amen. And as we continue to grow, amen, we're going to have more flags that's going to be in the sanctuary. We're going to have more volunteers that's going to be speaking different language. And that's the goal of our All Nations Sunday. Amen. The goal is to make sure the gospel reach the whole world. Amen. It's not for us, but it's for the whole world. And the more we can spread the gospel, the better it is for everyone because the goal of Jesus Christ is to make sure everyone is saved. Amen. Amen. So we're here this morning and we want to thank you all for coming out this morning. Amen. To be a part of our service this morning. And we pray that whatever your needs are this morning. Amen. Um, you know, we're here because we believe in the oneness of God. We believe in what God has done for us. We know that God has died for our soul. He has saved us. He has brought us together for such a time as this. If you look around, you can see there are people here from different parts of the world that's sitting among you this morning. Amen. So if everyone have a cell phone, I'm going to ask you to raise your cell phone. If everyone in the sanctuary have a cell phone, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds. That way we can be on one accord. If you have a cell phone, I want you to raise your cell phone. I want you to raise it if you have one. Amen. One of the, the beauty uh, of, of saying raising the cell phone was, if you notice, there's a globe, a globe, a uh, 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 globe. I'm not losing my train of thought here. Map above your head, um, which is a globe, of course, but it shows the whole world. So if you look in the screen, there is um, there is a QR code down the bottom, which if, from wherever you are, if you scan that QR code. What you basically will get is uh, is an app that will download you basically to Global Trap. One of the goal of um, multicultural ministry, which is a part of you know I'm the representative for our North Central Jersey district. But one of the goal of the Global Trap is to make sure there is over 66 language that um, are in this map that you can reach to different personnel anywhere from. Um, Bible study, anywhere from any kind of lesson. You can download that app, scan that app. It's a tool for evangelism. So if we have someone here that goes out and evangelism field, and there's someone that don't speak the language that you speak, it's not going to give you the translation, but it will give you that language that that person so I'll encourage all of you that if you can download that app, um, it would be a wonderful thing so that we can always share the gospel with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All Nation, thank you very much for your response. All Nation has been, uh, multicultural ministry has been involved in um, a lot of ministries like the uh, African Immigrant Ministry, the Amish Ministries. Um, this is just a few. The Middle Eastern Ministries. Amen. And if you notice, I'm look like, dressed like a Middle Eastern. Yes. You know, but um, that's a part of what I represent them this morning. Amen. So we have, you know, the, the, the Filipino Ministries. We have a lot. Of, we have a deaf 
ministry in our organization that reach out to a lot of um, people with hearing impairment. Um, you know, so we have a lot of people in in our ministry that have that issue. So we also have a deaf ministry. We haven't have one in the church, but if there's someone in the congregation that know how to sign and do deaf ministry, would love to talk to you. Would love to see you. So make sure it's myself or one of our ministry. We can get you involved in sign language if you're involved in that. Amen. Amen. So just a couple more things I'm going to touch on and then I'm going to get out of the way. Amen. I'm not the speaker this morning. Amen. But All Nations Sunday uh, slash MCM, which is Multicultural Ministry, we want to make sure we're able to, you know, um, um, uh, fund the different uh, group. We're partnered with a lot of groups out there that can help with different ministries, support, so on, to bring the gospel. As the Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 19, that we should go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. So we're here to make sure everyone know the good news of Jesus Christ and am crucified. Amen. Amen. So at this time, we're going to ask the praise and worship team to come on back up as we continue to worship the Lord this morning and continue to give him all the glory and all the honor because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord with us this morning. Can we just stand to our feet in this place?
together. Come on, let's give God a high praise today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love on the Lord today. If God has been good to you, just say hallelujah. Is he that great to you? Shout, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's done so much for me. I don't have enough time to tell how he's been so good to me. He woke me up this morning. He put me in my right mind. And I'm alive to see the goodness of the Lord. The scripture says I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's give God a high praise and a worship to the Lord. It's all nations Sunday. All heaven and earth is establishing that the name, the only name that unifies us, that's the name of Jesus. Whether, whether, whether your skin is black, white, whether it's crimson, whether it's yellow, it doesn't matter. We're held by the one name and by the same blood. And that blood died for us. And that blood rose from the grave. And that blood is going to take us back where we can worship the Lord all day. No matter where you're from, France, where you're from, Italy, where you're from, Jamaica, where you're from, the Caribbean, Africa, it doesn't matter. It's about the name of Jesus being exalted. It's about the name of Jesus being established. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to be here in God's house and Christ in the church where Christ is our central focus. At this time, while we're all standing, it is All Nations Sunday. We customarily do this. We stop, but we're going to do this because it's very much, it's a wonderful day. Are you excited to be in God's house today? So I need everyone, if you can chance, whether it be a fist pump, a handshake, whatever you desire. I understand the seasons have changed, but we want to still congregate and fellowship and acknowledge everyone here. If we could do that for at least a minute or two, just come out of your seat. Say, say hello to someone that you never greeted before or never seen before. Introduce yourself. Let's fellowship as a family because it's all nation Sunday. Let's love upon God's people. Hallelujah. Let's take some time to let's love and share and say we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for coming here. We appreciate your presence. Worshiping the Lord with the beauty of holiness. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you can return to your seat. God bless you all. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful thing. Some of you did not know you had other family members that you never met before. So it's just good to be introducing yourself to people that you're coming acquainted with. God bless you all. Hallelujah. You may return to your seat. You may return to your seat. <laughs> Again. Again, welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is your central and our central focus. And we give God praise for you to coming in here in God's wonderful house, seeing your beautiful faces on this All Nations Sunday. 
and we're excited to be here again in God's house. Again, we want to recognize those who have come and those you may be seated and those who are yet coming for the first or second or third time. If you are coming and it's your first, second or third time, we want to indicate by standing and recognizing you so we can just give you a round of applause. And we want to say that we thank you for taking the time out. If it's your first, second or third time, if you may stand, just need to stand. We just want to recognize you. God bless you. Let's, let's give him a warm welcome, Christ Center Church. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. We met them before service. God bless you, brothers. And God bless you, this lovely couple. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Of course, you've been greeted. Of course, we did the formal greeting, but we want to greet you again and by recognizing you that you could be anywhere else, but you chose to be on this Sunday. We thank you so much for coming. You may be seated. God bless you. Well, saints of God, I've done my part. Now it's our part to come together and do what we have to do, which is called, it's offering time. It is offering time. Yes, and we are here to give unto the Lord a wonderful offering unto God. I know God has blessed us, and in any capacity, we want to be a blessing. It's so good to see family members. It's so good to see extended family members. And trust me, trust me, hey, I'm a generational person, meaning that I may not have been born in my native country where I'm coming from, but I'm a part of the soil. So, though you don't speak the language, it's okay. It's okay. And you're, you're important. Wherever culture you're coming from, you are important. And we want to recognize you even in your giving, all right? We're giving you a great cause in this church and what we want to do to impact, to impact the world. So you may be standing at this time. You may stand. We have ways to give that's behind the screen. You can just follow the ways of giving. We give electronically as well. That's in the back where we have our kiosk station where you can give electronically by debit and credit card machines. They're in the back. You won't miss them. And also, please follow the ushers, our lovely ushers. Let's put our hands together for our ushers. Come on, let's put our hands together for our ushers for serving. They will serve you, and may God continue to bless you. They have the envelope available. And also, we're giving as well to our building fund. If you want to uh, at least bless us with a sowing of a seed, something that you believe that God wants you to believe what you're seeing, what God is doing on this side of heaven. We want you to be a blessing to us because we know if you give seed, he will give you back so he will give you something that you can't even imagine bigger bigger than what you can imagine and think of so god bless you let us pray unto the lord as we give unto his kingdom this morning father we thank you again this opportunity for allowing us to be here we thank you again for the opportunity to give unto your kingdom we pray that god in this time of fellowship in this time of cheerful giving we pray our hearts will be right i pray that you will honor our very intentions of what we're doing and god you know that lord jesus the intentions of our hearts where you'll see of which you deem fit for us to be blessed going forward we pray that you bless each and every hand bless those who are yet even on their way have they have not yet to give and those who are giving online we pray for them right now we bless god for this day in jesus name let the church say in jesus name amen you're in the hands of our ushers and also our praise team god bless you
Come on, let's praise him in the house this morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I feel what I like, and I like what I feel. How about you? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah. What a great spirit in the house of the Lord this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Welcome to our All Nation Sunday. We designate this Sunday All Nation Sunday. We try to do All Nation Sunday annually the third Sunday of October. And we designated All Nation Sunday to highlight what the church is supposed to be like all the time. And so while it is wonderful that we celebrate on the third Sunday of October each year, we have to always remember this is what we're supposed to be like all the time. I wanted to hand out a couple of certificates here before I get into the Word of God this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God has been good to us, church. And even when you feel like times are challenging and difficult, I don't know if you ever stop to say, you know what, it couldn't be worse. It could be worse, but to God be the glory for all the great things he has done and continues to do. Well, I have a few certificates to pass out, but I got to look around and see. This is my friend right here. 
I just met him officially. When was that? Friday. Friday. Come on, Mr. Vernon. You look good. I don't know if when you looked in the mirror you said, I look different. Because you do. Hold on to this. Don't move. You were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ October 20th, 2023. This man prayed before he got in the water. He prayed after he got in the water. He prayed when he came out of the water. And he still prayed. I'm going to tell you the story in a second. Georgiana, come on and get your certificate. I don't know what you've been thinking about since Friday. This man, this means everything to him. He is in his 80s. Come on, Georgiana. Hold on to your certificate. Now, let me tell you how this story went. So, I've known this young lady for a while. And she's been coming here now for a little bit. She changed her life around and she wanted to get some things in order. And so we talked a little bit and she said, Pastor, I want to get baptized again. But I want to get baptized in a body of water. I don't want to get baptized in a baptism tank. So, Jordan River is in the Middle East. All the other rivers that we know about is in Jamaica. And I'm looking like, oh my goodness. It's just difficult. I didn't want to take her to no beach. And so I've been looking. And so I finally found a body of water behind Mercer County Park. And I said, this makes sense. And sure enough, they use that area behind Mercer County Park for rowing training. You know, the, the road teams that go to the Olympics. So you don't know, but there are people in New Jersey, not far from here, that are training for the Olympics to row. And so they have a center uh, on Old Post Road uh, off of New Village Road. And I found it. And it was where the docks where you could push the rowboats in. I said, this is good. And so we found it. And I told, um, we call her Gigi. I said, Gigi. We found the water. I, I passed the word on. We found the water. So come on and get baptized whenever you're ready. She says she want to get baptized Friday. Lo and behold, little Gigi, no. Her daddy says, I want to get baptized too. You see how this thing works, church? Her daddy of 80-something years old. I don't think she even knew what was going on. But when God puts something in your heart, you never know why. Let's not procrastinate. Just do what God says. And because she obeyed the word of God and said she's going to get baptized, her daddy says, I'm going. And he showed up in his pants and his white shirt and ready to get baptized. And we walked him down in the water and his rocks at the bottom of that place. But he didn't care. He walked down because he was ready. And since he's showed up and got baptized, there's just something going on in his life. I don't know what God is doing in Mr. Vernon, but God is doing something. I don't think he stopped crying since he came. He's just praying and crying, praying and crying. And I just, I don't know if we realize what God is doing when he touch our heart and we say, we want to be saved. Some of us take it so much for granted like it's no big thing because we're always here. 
But this man even affect he, Ethan and Mr. Burton has affected me in a different kind of way. From the smallest to the oldest. Have affected me in a certain kind of way. The appreciation he has for being baptized. The, the determination that he has to follow what God has put into his heart. There's something that's just different. And I thank God for it. Georgiana, this is yours. Stand and take a picture. And come on, a little closer. Ethan, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Thank you. We serve an awesome God. God is still saving people. Amen. Hallelujah. If you will stand with me, we're going to go right into the Word of God. We have some great food to eat when we get out of here. I don't want you going home. Part of All Nations Sunday is that you stay and eat with us. No charge. People have cooked their best native dish and we want you to try it. We want you to eat it and enjoy the fellowship with each other. We're not just here just to be here, but God tell the church to fail not to assemble ourselves and God tell the church that we must fellowship and we must break bread. And so today we're doing all of it. Somebody say all of it. So stay with us after church today, right next door. Tables are set up, chairs are set up. Uh, you can come next door and just enjoy the meal and uh, the fellowship. Now, I'm jumping ahead. Next Sunday, somebody say next Sunday. We are selling dinners for our building fund. We need a nice kitchen. We want to establish a coffee shop. And so we want to do those things in this church. And so we have to do a lot of different things because I don't want you all to say, man, I'm not going to that church. They always ask for money. So we try to do everything that we can to raise money to provide to you what you need. Can I tell you this? A lot of times I might stand up here and say things and you all just can process it different ways. But I will say this to you. God has called me to serve him. And I can't tell you or I can tell you sincerely, all I am is a servant of God. Don't worry about this guy doing anything crooked. I fear God, so I'm try- I can't crook his stuff because God's going to whoop me if I do anything stupid. I don't know how some do it and think it's okay. Sooner or later, God gets you because you don't do anything to God and get away with it. So I'm not going to be crooked. What I am is, is a servant. And I remember I stood here, I don't know if it was probably two months into our service, and I stood here and I said to the congregation, we only have a single door out front. I said, if we have a funeral here, I don't know how the casket is going to come in. And that bothered me. And so we went out and did some price comparison, and it turned out that it was going to cost us $4,250 to get the double doors in. But I just knew what I felt in my heart that needed to be done. And we spent $4,250 to replace our single door to double doors. And this Saturday we had our first funeral and the casket was able to just flow right on in from the front door. And I thank God for that. 
This church is here to serve you. This church is here to serve God and this community and all the communities around. We're not here for any other reason. I'm not here to be famous. I'm not here for any other reason than to serve God. And if you want to go look and check it out, my mom say amen. Somebody say, mom, you his son. You can say amen. <laughs> I need somebody else that know the truth to say amen along with my mom. They say, please, she his mom. You hear her back here talking about amen? That's his mom. <laughs> Hallelujah. But she knows because she don't play around. She's going to tell you the truth. Growing up, if we weren't right, she told us we wasn't right. Amen. My mom told girlfriends to leave me alone. You don't want to mess with him and stop spending your money on him. So I know my mom to tell the truth. She's going to tell it like it is. And so next Sunday, we're selling dinners. We're going to have jerk chicken, my famous world jerk chicken. And I'm telling you, it's famous world. The other day, I don't know why I tell you guys this. I just feel like family, so I just talk like family to you. The other day, I went to one of your Jamaican restaurants around. And I ordered jerk chicken purposely, Brother Cal. Because I got to get myself ready for next, you know, next week to make the, the jerk. Because I seasoned it up already. It's down in the deep freeze, just freezing. And all the seasoning of it. So I went to get the, the get some jerk the other day from one of y'all famous jerk restaurants. I tasted it. It tastes like baked chicken with some jerk sauce seasoning sprinkled on it. And y'all be eating stuff talking about I ate jerk chicken. I ate jerk chicken. People be baking um, jerk with some some bacon chicken with some jerk seasoning all over. That ain't it. Come and try mine next week and you will see the real thing. How it was originally made. Outside on the grill, smoked up on low fire. Jerk chicken, rice and peas, jell-off rice, vegetables, steamed carrots, cabbage, salad, fruit salad, cake, soda, the jerk chicken platter is $10, oxtail $15, and we have kids meal, fried chicken, only for the kids. That's $8, rice and peas and fried chicken, can't beat that. Somebody say, man, that's good. And one more announcement, somebody say December 22nd, you don't want to miss it, our church banquet holiday banquet, whatever you want to call it. We go to the Marriott in Princeton and we eat good and we fellowship and we have a good time. 7 p.m. Cost for adults 18 and above, 60 bucks. 12 through 17 years old, 35 bucks. 5 through 11, 15 bucks. 4 and under, no charge. Please see Sister Sylvia to give you money for the banquet. Remember I told you the $60. So for those of you that always go to, what they call it? Um, Applebee's and um, Red Lobster. Where else? Chili's, Fridays. It's a time and a place for everything. Nothing wrong with those places. Bahama Breeze. Nothing wrong with those places. But when Christmas comes, we try to do it nice and special. And so we want you to go to a real nice dinner. So if you've never been to a real nice dinner, you know, five-course meal and all that, we want you to come. You're paying $60, but that meal probably costs $120 per person. So if you want a good deal, pay your $60, and you'll be eating like you paid $120. 
Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So those are the announcements today. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9. I won't keep you long. I won't keep you long. Good to see everybody. Amen. Brother Chuby, why you got to outdo me? Why are you trying to outdo me, Brother Chuby? I'm good. Let, come out, let me see you. Just step out and step out. Let me see you. I like mine better. Thank you, Miss Joy. My Nigerian family. Sister Ugama. Sister Florence. What we got to do? Oh, next week, you don't want to miss it. Can I tell you this? Brother Dibble's going to kill me because I'm promoting his wife more than him. Brother and Sister Dibble have raised four children in the church. They never backslid. They never walked away from God. All four of them stayed in church, lived for God. Three of them are married. The fourth one is on his way to get married. They've raised good, solid children. And I wanted Sister Dibble, as we know the women usually have more of a hand in raising the children. I wanted Sister Dibble to talk about on uh, Saturday morning when they come, next Saturday morning, if you will come out and bring your children, we want the children and the adult, the parents and the children to be here next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We want you to come, and Sister Dibble is going to talk about raising a Christian family, that they will stay in the church, love God, and live for God. It is top-notch. If you don't have children, come so you will know what to do when you have children. If you have children, come so you will know how to raise them and raise them upright. And if you have grandchildren and you have a hand in how they raise you come. But they're going to be here next Friday evening. Brother Dibble is going to teach on how to study the Word of God. He's going to teach on that. Uh, Sister Dibble will teach um, Saturday morning, um, raising the children in this world. And Sunday morning, Brother Dibble is going to preach a powerful message. So join us next week with the Dibbles. I just like it like that. With the Dibbles. Next week with the Dibbles. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 7. Verse number 9. The word of God says, after this I beheld. If the word said after this, it means there was something before that. It says after this. Can I tell you what was before that? What was before that was where some religion tell you about only 144,000 people is going to be saved. The Bible talked about those 144,000 people. And then the scripture says, after those 144,000. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, and kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, 
and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Just for a moment, I want to talk to you on this topic. All nations, kindreds, people, and tongues. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gathering of the body of Christ. And we thank you for what you've already done in this place. Now, Lord, we ask that your will will continue to be done here and now and moving forward. Let your spirit move on us in such a way where we will have an encounter, an experience with you. Lord, we all face circumstances, challenges, situations. But God, I pray that you will help us today to know no circumstance, no situation, no obstacle, no mountain, no sea, nothing, Lord, can stop us if we will come before you and worship you and humble ourselves before you. I pray for miracles, signs, wonders, and for the power of God to be unleashed in this place that we will leave here change. Anoint me, almighty God, as your oracle, your instrument to rightly divide your word of truth and touch the hearts of the hearers that they will hear what the Spirit is saying unto them. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. In verse 9 of Revelation chapter 7, the text describe the, the Apostle John's vision he received from the Lord Jesus while he was captive on the Isles of Patmos. You know, it's interesting to me when I read about this that John the Revelator is what we call him. He was captive on the Isle of Patmos. And while he was there, God gave him the book of Revelation, so to speak. God gave him revelation of things that was to come. And church, we can stop right there to know, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult your situation is, you can be in bondage, you can be incarcerated, it doesn't matter where you are. God can meet you right where you are, and God can speak to you right where you are. God can show you things right where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you're up against. God can reach you right where you are. He reached John while he was captive on an island and gave him the book of Revelation. My God, my God. John in his vision depicted multitudes of people before God's throne praising and worshiping him. They were from all nations and kindred and people and tongue on the earth. They stood clothed in white robes, which is symbolic of their righteousness and holiness. And the palm in their hands signifies their praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I stop here to tell you, Jesus Christ is the only true and living God. Jesus Christ is almighty God manifest so you can see him. And so 
So God Almighty is the only God. His name is Jesus. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see Jesus. We won't see anything else or anyone else. It will be Jesus that sits on the throne all by himself. This multitude gathered around the throne, watch this, depicts the characteristic description of maybe Israel or those who made it through the tribulation and joined the church. And so when you read that text, you will go and you'll see it's probably not directly dealing with the church, but you will see how it joins together with the church. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said this, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can we say today and understand that the church belongs to Jesus? The church don't belong to the pastor. The church don't belong to the board. The church don't belong to anybody. It doesn't belong to our government. The church belongs to Jesus. He is the creator of the church. He's the maker and the builder. He's the architect of the church. I said it last week and I'll say it again. What transpire when we come together as a people of God is supernatural. It is not natural what's happening here this morning. It's not natural while you're sitting there, while I'm speaking. It might look natural to you. It might seem like I'm giving a speech, but I'm here to tell you I'm not just giving a speech. You're not just sitting there. There's a power that is unseen, that is supernatural, that is forceful and powerful, that is working behind the scenes where you are being fed the word of God, where the power of his spirit is moving and speaking and helping us today. What is transpiring here is supernatural. It is not natural. So when people ask, why do you go to church? You say to them, because supernatural things happen when I go to church. It might look natural to you. It might seem like it's just a speech. But I'm here to tell you, it's not just a speech. It's not just going through a traditional thing that we do. But when we come together as the body of Christ, something else begins to happen. The Spirit of God is moving. The Word of God is coming coming. Chains are being broken in the atmosphere, in the invisible realm. Strongholds are being loose in the invisible realm. This is not natural. It is supernatural. That's why we come together. Because we want a supernatural experience. We don't want a natural experience. I'm not telling you you can't get a supernatural experience in your bed, in your car, In your living room, you can. But I'm telling you, God says that we must fail not to gather ourselves, to assemble ourselves together. Especially when we see the day of the Lord is approaching. We need to do it that much more. And so if God is telling us to come together, then guess what? He wants to do something. I even read in Psalms 133 where it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. When we come together in unity, God's anointing begins to flow, and it begins to flow, and it comes down from the head, and it goes down on the beard and the skirt, and it runs all over. Because when we come together, supernatural things happen, not just natural. 
I remember I was in a service and a guy was in there. He was in a whole lot of pain, pain all over his body, and he didn't tell anyone. And the Spirit of God told me, go over and touch him on the shoulder lightly and pray for him. And I touched him lightly and prayed for him. I walked away not knowing anything. I just did what the Spirit said to do. And after the service, the man came up to me and says, how did you know? I said, how did I know what? He says, you came over and prayed for me to be healed in my body and be whole. How did you know I was experiencing pain and sickness in my body? I said, I didn't know. God knew. And he sent me there to pray supernatural things happen when we come into the house of God because this is a God-ordained meeting. God ordained this, uh, and wherever God ordained for us to meet, uh, supernatural things will happen. And so God establishes church. He says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church because it's his church. In Matthew 16, what we talk about here, when it talks about that God will build his church, it was the first occurrence in the Bible where this word church was mentioned in the New Testament. It is the Greek word ecclesia. And so it's from which we see our English word ecclesiastical referring to things that pertain to the church. The literal meaning of church, ecclesia, is called out assembly. The church is a called out assembly. Again, supernatural. Why is God saying it's a called out assembly? Because he's saying every assembly is not the assembly that I called. You can go to any kind of gathering of any kind of people and people can do whatever they want to do and that's an assembly. But when we talk about we are the church coming together, that's an assembly that God has called out. That's an, an assembly that God says, this is mine and whatever God's name is on, he has to put a seal of approval upon it, which means there is where you receive your healing. There is where you receive your deliverance. There is where you receive your blessings. There is where God shows up and do something in your life that could not be done any place else by anyone else. The church is supernatural. It is not natural. This word is used 114 times in the New, in the New Testament and 90 times it refer to the local assembly. However, in Matthew 18, 16 and 18, Jesus used the word ecclesia. To, it pertains to the whole body, the church, the one church. And so understand this, there's only one church, but God has to fill the whole earth with this one church. This is how we have different assembling locations. It don't mean we're a different church. It just means in order for God to fill the world with his word, he has his church everywhere. We're one, but we're everywhere. Somebody say amen. He was not just building a local assembly, but a universal church composed of all who make the same confession as Peter did in Matthew 16 and 80, 18. Peter confessed his faith that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. That's where it all starts, church. All of us must understand that Jesus Christ is God Almighty manifest in flesh. And when you believe that, when you receive that, when you Accept that you're on your way. But if you battle with that and you think that Jesus Christ and God is separate, you, you're going to get jammed up. You're going to get jammed up because that's not true. God 
and Jesus Christ is not separate. God became man. He didn't stop being God. He just became man so we can see him. So he, he, he can have flesh and blood because why am I doing this? God could not die for your sins without a body. And because nobody else in the world was sinless, the only one that would be sinless is God who became man. So God became man, manifested himself in the flesh so he can die for our sins, shed his blood. Because he did that, it didn't mean he stopped being God. No, he's still God. He just made himself seen as opposed to being invisible and unseen. Not separate. Not separate. God is one. And he became human so he can die for our sins because not one of us, I don't care how great of men of God some of us are and some of the people you're, not one of us was sinless. And so in order to get someone to die for our sins, it had to be someone who don't have sins. There was none. And let me give you some stuff that we don't think about that's erroneous. How would a son be born in heaven. How did that all work? How did he concoct that? You know, and, and how did he come about? Come on now. God ain't crazy. He do it all the way he created things to be. So he didn't send his son. He became the son. But because he's so awesome, y'all got confused. Because he's so awesome in, in being able to, once he is walking this earth as human, he, he became like us. This is where all the confusion came in. And, and that's the most powerful thing you should learn about God. He became like us. So Almighty God who created us and everything else, when he became human, he became like us. Which means, what do we do? We eat, we sleep, we pray. And that's where y'all get confused. Who's he praying to? He just being a man. He praying to himself. But he had to pray like a man because how is he going to say, well, I'm a good example. How is he going to tell us you need to pray and he wasn't praying? What was he supposed to say? I'm God. I don't need to pray. That's what we would do. And that's why sometimes we get such a hard time with the Bible because we only read it from our perspective about what we could do or what we think we should do. And so we read the thinking in our own mind, well, this is what I, I'm God. Why well, I need to pray? I'm God. I ain't got to do this. That's how we think. The Bible says he humbled himself and became a servant. That's what you need to realize how good God is. That God, the almighty God, who always existed, who created everything, he decided, I'm going to become one of you all so I can save you all. And while I become one of you all, I won't circumvent the system and say, well, I'm God, like we would. I've been teaching about the Beatitudes, and we talked about meekness the other day. And, and because God was meek, we don't accept him. We're kind of doing a little bit like the Jews did. Brother Kellerman, this is pretty interesting. So the Jews had a problem with him because they wanted him to be this great king and just, mm, I'll take care of everything and just use all his power. And when he didn't do that, they was mad. 
Oh, our Messiah is not like that. Our Messiah is all powerful. Our, our Messiah coming on a white, white horse, and he just going to overthrow the government and everything, and we can just live happily ever after. That's what they envisioned. When their Messiah showed up and was meek, they were mad. They ain't the Messiah. No, sir. But we're doing the same thing a little bit. Maybe not to that, maybe not to that, all of that, but we're still saying, well, it got to be two separate because you know why? Why would God, you know, do that? That's the power of God. Isn't, isn't he the one that says, for when you're weak, then are you strong? Are we reading the whole word? Then we'll realize why he do some of the things that he does. Because he's just living the life that he told us we need to live. Being that example say, see, this is what I told you. He did not tell us anything that he didn't come and do himself. And we're killing him for that. Then we're making him two people for that. All because he's being an example. We'd have made him two and three. But all he was doing was being an example. He's not two or three. One God who became man so he can die for our sins because he was sinless. Nobody else could have done that but God. The church is a body of individuals who have been called out, called forth, and separated for the purposes of God. The church cannot be like the world. We cannot allow and say, well, let me say not allow. We can't accept the church to just be like everything else. If you cannot identify the church out of the world, it ain't the church. How in the world God call us out, call us to be separate, but I'm going to look at somebody that's supposed to be part of the church and somebody that's not a part of the church, I'm going well, I don't see no difference. Woo, you got quiet on me now. It's not good. If God call us out to be separate, are we supposed to look like everybody else? I'm just asking the question. He called us out to be separate. He says, I got to separate you. You're not like any ordinary groups that meet. You are separate. You're different. You're, you're mine. And if he says that, then why are we looking like everybody else? People ought to look at you and stop telling me, well, you know, they'll just know that it's something about me. I don't know what I'm going to do today. I've been telling wives for the longest, and y'all don't listen, but I'm just going to keep saying it, and I'm saying it to women that will be wives. Men see with their eyes, and if you want your man to be all over you, give him something to look at. Don't let him look at anything else but you. I know I had Chrissy with me. Thank you, Chrissy. She's smart. She's young still, and she keep it tight because she know, she know what kind of husband she got. She's going to make sure he look at her. So the bottom line is, ladies, please, I don't know if you got to go fast and pray. I don't know what you got to do. Give the man something to look at. Don't be living your life all like no big deal because God made us to do this. So if we're going to, you know, if you just want to say, well, that's his business. Okay, then all the marriage problems you're going to have, that's on you too. Because I'm just telling you. I'm telling you that to tell you this. Since we see what our eyes, stop telling me people don't see how you look as a Christian. 
I set you up, didn't I? Stop telling me, oh, I am set aside. I am called out. I know I look like everybody else, but I am separate. I am called out. Yeah, but they need to see something that's different than everybody else. What are they seeing? Just trying to help you. Because sometimes we believe stuff that we never really researched and looked at. And, 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 and the other thing that you know I have a passion for is many of my brothers and sisters that got saved and living for God, they backed away a little bit. And, and the reason why they backed away is because they really never knew why they were doing what they were doing. They never got deep into it. They just, just fall, fell in line and started doing it. And now when they got challenged by different you know, forces of evil coming in the form of people, they backed up and, and feel comfortable doing certain things when really and truly they're only doing it because they never knew why they were doing it to begin with so when you come to this church you're going to know why we do what we do because we're trying to follow the bible and you're going to know why you should do what i'm telling you because i'm not just coming up with stuff i'm just telling you what the word says the church was intended to be a brilliant beacon of light in the midst of dark and troubled towns and cities and region the church is unstoppable not only did Jesus said he would build his church, he also said the gates of hell, meaning the power of Satan, cannot prevail against the church. Therefore, the church is an unstoppable force in the earth. My advice to you today, that if you're not in the church, get in the church. Here's some more good revelation for you. How did you come into this world? Except for Adam and Eve. Everybody was born into this world. Anybody? Yes? No? Except for Adam and Eve, everybody else was born? So here, so here is what God does, in case you don't know. God gives us natural things for us to know and understand. So when he begins to bring about the spiritual, you will understand the spiritual. Where are you going with this preacher? He gave us the natural way of how we come into this world. Birth process. Well, the spiritual way to enter into God's kingdom. Birth process. Got to be born. So you're born first time of the flesh. To enter into this world. Then in order to enter the kingdom, you got to be born again. He said, again. So it's interesting that the scripture says you must be born again. Why? Because God already knew you were born one time by the flesh. Now in order to enter the kingdom, his church, you got to be born again. The way how you're born again is of water and of spirit. When you're born into this world, you're born through the flesh and, the, and, 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 and just the body. That's how you're born. You come out, yeah, they got the water sack in there, and yeah, you got all of that other stuff going on. That's not where I'm an expert. We got plenty of health people that will tell you how you're born into this world. But I'm here to tell you, if you're going to enter God's kingdom, you must be born again. If you're going to become a part of God's church, you must be born again. Why are you quiet? 
because it feels good to come to church and experience the presence of God, feel the love of the people, be touched by God, but no commitment to do anything else. That's nice. And so a lot of us kind of live in that zone there. Just let me come to church. Let me love on the people. The people love on me. Let me experience the nice presence. Let me just go and do my thing. But I don't need no commitment. So listen to me. How you eat every day? How are you able to eat every day? How are you able to live every day? Don't it take a commitment to go and work a job? Huh? So why are we afraid to commit to God? When God even talked about how rich people take advantage of us. That's in the Bible. Rich people take advantage of us. That's in the Bible. But God says, but me, I love you. I'm not going to take advantage of you. Another beauty about God. God don't take advantage of us. And so if we commit ourselves to work as much as we do, to earn a living, to be able to feed ourselves, why are we afraid to commit our life to God by entering into the church, being born again? The word that John penned in Revelations, I'm getting ready to finish up here. That John penned in Revelations that we read earlier. The scene illustrates this. He says, after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. When the church was first birthed, it started with 120 people on the day of Pentecost with diverse groups of people in that 120. Did you know that? Acts chapter 2, verse number 6. This is the birth of the church. We read through Acts chapter 1, and it says, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and, uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it sat upon them, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit give the utterance. And so it talked about all of that stuff. Then I pick up in verse 6 here. So I gave you verse 1 through 4. Now I'm picking up in verse 6. Verse 6 says, Now when this was noise abroad, nothing changes. God did something supernatural, and now everybody starts talking about it. Some going to talk about it positively. Some going to talk about it negatively. Some says, that ain't no real Holy Ghost. Them people drunk. It's always like that. But you have to know for yourself what God is doing. You have to know for yourself how real God is. But some people are talking good and some people are talking crazy. The multitude, that word multitude again, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in his 
own, in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, in Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabian, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful work of God. This was the beginning of the church. And so if we're going to be a part of the church, we have to realize that the church is diverse. The church is multicultural. The church is all different types of people, all groups of people. The church is just one kind. You know what's one of my biggest turn off? When we start to talk to each other and use our race. Turn me off so much. Because I'm one of the people that I refuse to be put in the category in race. No, I know I'm black. I'm not crazy. It's not what I'm saying. Because I'm a child of God and I am the church. There is nothing that's an obstacle for me. Not race, not prejudice, not anything, because I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I will ref- I refuse to let myself be in a place where I'm like, oh, you know how they treat black people? Oh, you know how? Nonsense. They might treat you like that, but I'm a child of God. I know that don't I know that ain't always popular. But we got to get out of that that thinking that because of our race, because of all this stuff we're worried about, oh, you know, they don't treat these kind of, I don't care about that. Could some of those things be true? Sure. But it doesn't matter to me. Why? I'm a child of God. God, we're equal across the board to God. When you get into good relationship with God, you realize I'm not intimidated by anybody. I've got a great relationship with God. We're all in the same playing field with God, and God's going to not make me have to go through anything I don't need to go through. If I go through a situation where there's prejudice, God is using me to do something. But I will, I will not allow any cultural differences in race to make me bitter, to make me separated, to make me anything because I'm a child of God. I am the church. You should be the same too because you are the church. Y'all good with that? Some good with it, some not good with it. Because some of us have refused. I talk to people all the time. And as soon as they as soon as they bring up race stuff, I just slide away. As soon as they start talking race, I'm like, ooh, I just do the electric slide. The old school electric slide. I'm like, I can't be doing that. I don't want to hear that. Because you're not gonna I don't, here's part of it. I don't want you to taint me. Because in my heart, I don't look at people like that. In my heart, I love people. In my heart, I see people as people. I don't see race. I don't see culture. Well, I see culture because I love culture. I don't see people being different. I just see different culture. We're getting ready to eat some different food. I can't wait. That's what I see. I don't see all the other stuff. I ain't got time. 
Well, you know, they treated people okay. They did that. They didn't do that to me. And if they did that to me, I forgave them. Anybody got baptized in Jesus' name? Sister Gigi. This happens to a lot of people. Happened to you too. When we get ready to get baptized, and you were the one that started talking about it, um, saying that, man, she told me for many years, right? She was baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And she said, she just was pushing back on, on my teaching from the Bible that we must be baptized in Jesus' name and not in the titles, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And so she was holding firm. And one day God moved on her. Her and her buddies next to her, same thing. God moved on them. And they realized, you know what? What he's saying is legit. <laughs> I need to get baptized in Jesus' name. And so here is what Sister Stephenson said to me after she got baptized. I laid hands on her because when you get baptized, you must pray the prayers of repentance. I laid hands on her and said, we're going to pray the prayers of repentance together. I said, I want you to repeat after me. She said, okay. So I said, say, Father. She said, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me for all my sins? I confess my wrong. I confess my fault. Please forgive me. Will you cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind? And we just flowing. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me. Lord, I thank you for this day. And we flowing. Then I prayed this prayer. I said, now I want you to pray. Father, Father. I forgive everyone that have ever hurt me, offended me, mistreated me, and done me wrong. That was hard. And she told me, because certain things I don't think about because this is just what I do. She told me when I got baptized in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they never made me pray that way. So she confirms that a lot of times people that get baptized in those titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you never really repented. So you, got, you went down in the water wet, came back up wet, but you were still a sinner. Sister Gigi, when she got baptized Friday, same thing. Because we all know we've been mistreated. We all know people have done us wrong. We all know that. But because we pray the prayers of repentance, we ask God to forgive us. And we can't be hypocrites talking about God forgive me, but we're not going to forgive nobody. You can't be saved. If God forgave you and you won't forgive anybody, you can't be saved. So when we begin to pray those prayers, that be it becomes real in the field now. Because you realize, i got to forgive them. All those people that have mistreated me that I've been holding up, and I'm like, mm, if I could ever get them, I'm going to get them. All of those thoughts you thought about and all of it, and now it's time to repent. And you realize, i got to let it go. i got to let it go. That's for all of us. So why am I saying all of that? That's why I don't allow any race and all of that stuff to get my get my spirit. Because I, I had to repent. And I'm not going to keep on repenting about stuff that I already repent about. So I'm not going back down that road. So the bottom line is I forgive everybody that have mistreated me, that have done me wrong, and the ones that I will encounter that will do me wrong. I forgive them too. Because understand this. I'm getting very close. Understand this. Why do you think God says to love your enemies? You ever thought about that? And some of us think that that's just not what he meant. That can't be what God meant, love your enemies. It is what he meant. You know, what it, you know why? 
Because if they're an enemy to you, they're an enemy to God. Did you ever stop to think about that? Remember the Apostle Paul? Before he got saved, he had a problem with the Christians. And the Lord backed him up on the road to Damascus like, yo, if I can do my Jamaican thing, hey boy, come here. You're not going to do that to me. And go back and look at the scripture. God says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He could have easily said, Paul, why are you messing with those people? That ain't what he said. Go read your Bible. He says, Paul, Paul, why persecutest thou me? Who art thou, Lord? It is I, Jesus. He didn't say God. Because God ain't his name. His name is Jesus. It is I, Jesus. So when people mess with you, they become an enemy of God. That's why he say pray for them because God bringing the smoke. Like you can punch somebody in the face and they face it feel better. When God bring the smoke, it's like eternal. It's like whatever happens to you, it just like stays there. You'll never forget it. So God says, pray for them that I go easy on them. Because if I go hard on them, man, and you don't understand that you can never do to them what I can do to them. So pray for them. That's why it's important to love your enemy because you will pray for them and stop having enemy. We don't need to have enemies. We don't need to worry about people from different race. No, it doesn't make sense. We're children of God. And so I finish up. The church is a diverse church. Diversity is part of the makeup of the church and the kingdom of God. The church is not just one group of people. Aren't you glad that nobody can keep you out of the church? Can you imagine if, 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 if due to your race, you, you could either be in the church or you can't be in the church? <laughs> what kind of God would that be? But God squashed all that. There is no black church. Somebody say amen. There is no white church. Somebody say amen. Ain't no Asian church or Spanish church or Native American church. The church is made up of every race, every clan, every tribe, every people, and people that speak different languages. The church is a universal, diverse, multicultural church. It's not just a church for certain kind of race and certain kind of culture. The church is for everybody. The church is diverse. Yes. And so I say to you today, in Revelations that we read earlier, the people, they were before the throne and they worshiped God. They praised him. The multitude of all the redeemed was so great that no one could count the number of people. And John, the revelator, did not attempt to count them. Can I tell you this, church? Many people will be lost. I hate to admit it, but not everybody will be saved. Because some people just decide, I am not doing all of that. Or, you ready for this one? It don't take all of that. Some people have decided, I'm not, I'm not doing all that. God know who I am. He, need, he can come talk to me. God know where to find me. I do right. I don't mistreat nobody. So guess what? This is just who I am. Some people have taken that position. So there are many people that won't be saved. But can I tell you, 
there will be multitudes that will be saved. Should you not try to be a part of the multitude that will be saved? I don't want to be let, left behind. I don't want to be lost. I want to be saved. I want to be a part of the multitude. I want to be sure I'm one of the ones around the throne of God praising and worshiping him. I want to be one of the ones that give God the praise because I made it. And I'm saying hallelujah. I'm saying salvation is now eternal. And I don't have to worry about a thing because there's no more crying and no more dying and no more pain and no more fear and no more of the suffering and struggle. Salvation, salvation and glory. The church is a church of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongue. The church is not just for one nationality. The church is not just for one people. But the church is for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. He didn't just die for some privileged people. He didn't just die for some people who just happen to have good godly parents. Jesus died for everybody. Somebody say amen. Let's stand to our feet. If you're here today, as I told you, and you're not a part of the church, you need to get in the church. You see little Ethan, he didn't play around. He didn't play around. Little Ethan said, God spoke to my heart, and I'm going to do it. If there's anyone here today, and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, and you want to do so, you can come. You can come. Sometimes, you know what I'm going. You know what I'm going to hopefully do one day. I'm going to hopefully one day break that barrier of you all knowing that God spoke to your heart, touched your heart, but you don't want everybody to see you come up. We we like we like, we worry about. I don't want everybody to see me come up. I don't want everybody to see me in the front. You'll get the victory over that. You know when I got the victory over that? And I've been saying this for many, many years. The Bible says, all have sinned. Oh, y'all quoting it. And come short of the glory of God. Let me tell you what that means to me. That I don't have to worry about what anybody else think of me. That's how I use that scripture in my mind. Lord, if all have sinned and come short, then I'm not worried about what you're going to think about me. Because guess what? You are no different from me. And when I get that kind of understanding, that make me go to God and it doesn't matter who's watching. That make me surrender my life to Christ and it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Because I told you earlier, in order to enter into the church, you must be born again into the church. Nobody else gets in. Nobody gets in any other way. You have to be born into the church. So we all have to go that route. And so when I think about that, I said, I'm no different from anybody. So if you want to look at me a strange way when I walk up to the front to give my life to God, then so be it. Plus, I had my own experience. Secret, secret, sharing secret with you. When I surrendered my life to Christ, 
and I repented of my sins and got baptized in Jesus' name, I was still cool. So it means I did things still a certain way. Make sure I check everybody else out first. And if nobody's looking, then I'll do something. But when people are looking, I ain't going to do that. My wife will tell you, she's she the proof of it. And I remember I would go to the altar to pray. And I would put my head down and put my arms around my head so nobody can see because God would touch me. And I would feel tears coming down my eyes, but I didn't want nobody to see. God hadn't filled me with his spirit yet because I was just too busy trying to be cool. I don't want y'all to see me crying. I don't want y'all to see me being emotional. So I laid low. And I got to be honest with you and tell you, it wasn't until I decided I don't care what y'all think, how I look. It wasn't until then that God filled me with his spirit, that God delivered me from strongholds, and that God began to do a work in me. It was when I decided, I don't care what y'all think, how I look. Cool street dude. That's who you're talking to. What? That's what I used to be. And so that's how we think. We always got to always look cool. Always. But it wasn't until I stopped trying to look cool that God did a great miraculous work in my life. Because here is the scripture that came to my mind that messed me up. He said, if you deny me, I'm going to deny you. And what that means is, if God is speaking to your heart. Mr. Joy, who's standing next to you? Your sister? welcome and so Jesus says if you deny me I will deny you so when Jesus touches your heart and speaks to your heart and tell you to get to the altar and surrender your life and you don't move you're denying him Ethan I, I can't tell you how much I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of Ethan Ethan didn't deny Jesus Little Ethan didn't deny uh, Jesus. Jesus moved on him, and he did not deny Jesus. He could have just been a kid. Uh, whatever. But if we will not deny Jesus, he will not deny us. And so the other part about it is, so when I stop trying to be cool, because when you're being cool, you're doing what you want. When I stop being cool, it meant, you know what, I'm not going to deny him. Whatever he does in my life, I don't care who sees it. I don't care who says anything about it. And that's when God started moving on me. I pray to God that us as a people, as a church, that we will not allow anything to prevent us from taking that walk of faith. And that's really what it is, the walk of faith. And come to the altar, surrender your life, or come to the altar and pray and seek the Lord. Or come to the altar and ask for prayer. That's the walk of faith. And I'm going to keep preaching in this church for as long as God allowed me to, to help y'all take that walk of faith. That when God speaks to your heart and tells you it's time, you won't walk away. You won't deny him. Lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today, Lord God, for this privilege and opportunity to be a part of the church, your church, the church that you're building, Lord God. And oh, Lord God, we could never repay you for all you've done for us. Lord, you gave your very life that we may have eternal life. 
Lord, you became one of us. You walked this earth, Lord God, and walked in complete obedience and submission to your own law, to your own word. And Lord, it is just amazing and awesome what you have done for us. Lord, today we celebrate our differences. We celebrate, Lord God, our cultural differences. We celebrate, Lord God, who we are as a people that you created us to be. All the diversity of us, Lord God, our upbringing, Lord God, our experiences, all that you have done in us and for us. Here we are today celebrating. Here we are today giving you the praise and the honor. For Lord, if it wasn't for you, where would we be? If it wasn't for you, Lord, we couldn't be here today. We couldn't experience all your goodness. We could not experience all your blessings and your kindness. Lord, today we say thank you. Today, Lord, we give you the praise and the honor for including us in the body of Christ by calling us and separating us. Lord, I pray that somebody today will hearken unto the word of God and will become a doer of the word of God and not just a hearer only. Bless us today. Bless the food that we're about to partake of. Let it be for the enrichment of our body and strength to our bones. Bless the preparers of the food, Lord. That, Lord, your blessings will be upon them continuously. We give you the praise, Lord. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Greet somebody. Love on somebody. And join us next door with some food. God bless you.